Welcome to Aw Crap, the Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero. Hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah! Yeah! I love our intro music that... Taylor Williams did. And I just wanted to say, because, like, you know, after a hiatus, I'll catch up and listen to a couple of our previous episodes. Oh, wow. And I just love it. It's great. <laughs> it is a great song. He was I'm such like, a, man, this is, we really, like, lucked out and got this. We truly did luck out. He was yeah. such a gem just to, like, I reached out to him. I was like, you know what? I think we want rock music for this. And he, you I think know, we would like to rock for this, please. <laughs> and he was, and rock, we did. We did. He was so generous to throw that together for us. Some people have said it's too long early off the bat. And I was like, I'll take that note. And I'm, it's like not a little doomy. <laughs> so if you, if you ever listen to doom metal, you know, you could get like a 27 minute track. Yeah. So if exactly. anything, it's short. And it gives you, for me, I keep it in there because one, I like it. Yeah. Two, I also, I want, I want like a little, like, I know there's always the typical podcast now is like typically like a poppy real quick, like almost like a jingle snippet to get into the show. Which I, want, I understand, you know, like I get it. But for us, I want you to be able to turn it on and be like, it gets you warmed up for it. It lets you yeah. settle before we <laughs> jump into the meat of the show, you know? Before we settle, yeah. yeah. Before we settle <laughs> before and talk for two settle, hours. Yes. Um, Exactly. It's like, yeah, it's a good, it's a good intro for that reason. It it takes its time. I think we're behind, uh, ahead of the curve because a lot of TV shows now have like intros that are yeah. way too long. Like, I love Succession. God damn it, that Jessica in- loves the intros of Succession. Ugh, I just she looks I, for little things in them. Do they update them actually at all? I guess they update them season to season. Yeah, but, yeah, but they're just like so long now that I'm like, yeah, I, I can watch them once. I watch an intro once. Like even the Great British Baking Off, Bake Off, it's not even that long. I just watch yeah. it once and then I'm like, every time now they give me the skip option, I'm skipping it. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what, guys? If you want to skip That's the intro, that's what the skip music, 15 seconds for is for. Yeah, F- skip 15 seconds. I'm skipping 15 seconds through my favorite podcast that I, you know. <laughs> I this usually one. skip through ads. That's me. I guess of course. I'm, like, I'm not going to buy this shit. I'm just going to skip Absolutely it. not. I don't need to hear one more fucking thing about me undies, dude. I'm skipping <laughs> through it. The only time I don't skip anything is if I'm, if I'm doing dishes while listening to a podcast. I listen. Yeah. To, I just have to listen to the ad. Because your hands are wet. What can you do? You're imprisoned. Yeah, truly. You should be able to like voice command Spotify and be like, skip 15 seconds. True. Uh, here's a random question for you. Yeah. Do you use Air the AirBuds yet? I don't. I don't have an iPhone, dude. I'm oh yeah, Android. that's right. You don't have an iPhone. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have wireless headphones yet, or anything. I have. I have wireless headphones that I use for. I mean, it's. I mean, you say washing the dishes. I when I'm washing the dishes with wired headphones, they're getting fucking caught on cabinet knobs. They're getting like I rip them out of the fucking phone. Wireless headphones have been revolutionary for my dishwashing, truly. And for walking, just walking the dog, like, it's one less thing to get tangled in the leash. I do love them. I don't have, like, in-ear AirPod-esque versions or whatever, Um, just because I got, like, little ears. They, like, fall out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I need to upgrade to something like that. Yeah, yeah. For those household activities. But I just don't want to drop the money yet. So 
Just go on Wirecutter and be like, what's the cheapest, best, you know, like the best, cheapest version of this shit? Like a knockoff? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'll go (laughs) cheap every time. And like, I'm sure AirPods are very nice. Like their quality is probably good. But I I, I don't know. I guess for headphones, you could drop some money. You want it to sound nice, especially if you're listening to a lot of music and stuff. But like, I don't know, for for something that's like daily use, that's going to get like a lot of wear. And like, I just hear about people dropping their their AirPods in the toilet. And I'm like, that's just what would happen to me. It would just suck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i agree it would suck um but you know we're off to a great start on our first episode of uh, yeah rant. meandering <laughs> as shit um i'm very excited we are this is the first episode of season uh six we're gonna be getting into the storyline of the king of fear bprd's king of fear but yeah before we do this kate i have something i gotta bring in beth for something okay uh, she's on standby <laughs> she's right been now. on standby looking at me waiting to get this over with <laughs> um that's why i had to get some extra headphones so she could hear this there was a there was a i, I should have brought this up kate to you over our hiatus and then i should have brought it up in our teaser episode but i completely forgot to um there was a major funny weird i'll let beth get to it but there was a controversial briefly on our instagram feed uh and it all has on to, all craps on all craps a uh, hellboy podcast's instagram feed it got into some brief and um controversy over the break um i'm, I'm Beth, say hello. Can you hear her? Hi, Beth. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, great. Um, can we come closer to the mic? I will. Yeah, I will yeah. sort of we, try to swap. Okay. Well, first, that you know, feel free to include or not include any of this in the final <laughs> edit here. And I should also, I I would be remiss if I didn't roast Dave for calling AirPods AirBuds. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I need to get that roasting in <laughs> first thing in the morning. The roasting right? will be edited out swiftly. <laughs> is that true? Everything not at all. I think the only that. thing I edit out is when I make myself sound dumb, not when people point out that I'm <laughs> sounding dumb. Okay, so um, this is kind of dark. Trigger warning, this is like there's like murder involved, etc. What the hell happened <laughs> on the, our Instagram? <laughs> okay, so wait, I want to see Kate. Okay. Um, hi. Um, hi. Okay, so are you familiar with the Brian Laundry Gabby Petito murder suicide news story? Is that the girl, like a youngish, young 20s girl who went missing recently? I'm like vaguely familiar. I, I'm no. Okay, no. okay so no. when was this? End of last, end of last year, or maybe a little, a little before, it was, it was like end of ago. summer. Um, there was this couple, Brian Laundrie and Gabby Petito. They were on like a road trip around like the Southwest, like Grand Canyon right. area. And they yes. were using that hashtag van life. And they were like living out of a van and camping. And like it was kind of a story. It was one of those things where it was like this like blonde white woman has gone missing. And we like care way more about that than yeah. all, all of the other like non blonde white women who go missing all the time. Right. Um, But it was kind of a weird story because she was like missing, but he suddenly appeared back in the van, like at his parents' place in Florida and was like, no one was kind of like saying what happened. And we didn't like, 
We knew they got in a fight. It was just like a kind of a big interesting, you know, for people that are into like true crime, like right. one of those kinds of things. So sounds like he did it. If I had well, to, by the end, yeah, he yeah. Did. Spoiler yeah. alert: his <laughs> remains, yeah. his remains were found in Florida. They found a notebook where he had like confessed to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there that was about, there yeah. was new news recently that like he had been sending texts between like his phone and hers to like make it seem like she was still alive. Like just a real man crazy situation. Yeah. So Dave, so I wake up like. I don't know, three months ago, four months ago. I don't remember. Yeah. I snap open. It has to be like September, October. I'm gonna Pic- picture this. The sunlight hits <laughs> in my face. In a little backstory with our account, I typically what I do is I follow for the listeners. They probably already know this if they follow us on Instagram. I do follow the hashtag Hellboy, and when I find art that I like, I give it some flames. Okay, so... Those flames range from three flames to six flames. Yeah. It just depends on how much I'm loving you. Sorry, this is a little behind the scenes for those. Yeah, this is a little bit how the sausage is made. If Dave (laughs) likes it a little bit, you're going to get a little three-flame comment from the Hot Crap (laughs) podcast uh, Instagram account. And if he really likes it, you're going to get a six-flamer. So... (laughs) Which is, by the way, a thing that I... The my favorite thing that I've learned in this whole like debacle it's, is Dave's yeah. little like um, flame system. His gauge, his flame system. Yeah. And everyone I've told about this, and I have told a lot of people about it. <laughs> now, now like the world. <laughs> it's like shorthand. It's like how many flames would Dave give this? Like that's <laughs> like it's like feel free to use that, everyone in your own everyday lives. Like when something good happens, be like. How many flames? Okay, so this is a six flamer restaurant. Yeah, exactly. You might get kicked out. If you yeah, right. careful. All so, the wait staff turn and look at you. Okay, so <laughs> Dave, I wake up and Dave is like on the Instagram, like kind of like what is happening? Like something weird happened, and there he's like, there's these like a bunch of comments on comments that I've left on this instagram that's an artist that like post hellboy pictures and they're calling me like murderer lover and like there's these like crazy amounts of like notifications and comments so it turns out that dave has been flaming brian laundry's the murderer the murderer's (laughs) like drawings of hellboy dude what (laughs) i'm getting my phone well what so brian so it he, the account, it seems to be gone. I do have screenshots of... Oh, please send <laughs> please send those to me. So it's just like <laughs> Brian Laundry's Instagram comments by Aw Crap a Hellboy Podcast Instagram, like flames, no! and then oh, people no. like murder or lover, and then like fights ensuing just people, on the flame comment. People started fighting over the fact that this person, like, like... The person called me a murder lover, and then people started being like, how can you call them a murder lover? They just liked this art, and it just, like, I was like, oh, no, then. Jesus Christ. And then um, another post was, like, somebody came onto something that was just recent of ours posted, and, yeah. like, started coming at me there. Like, on your Like, just Instagram. on our normal feed. Not Did you even explain, long- hey, we had no I- fucking <laughs> Hell idea? No. Hell no, I didn't, because the internet is crazy, and if you did that, they would attack you more so i just deleted them i blocked the brian laundry account and i was just like i want nothing to do with it oh so man here's here's kind of the 
Here's something the fun, else. Here's that, the part that's. Oh my! I, here's God. the part that really shows you how stupid I like, am. Like, just to clarify, I don't think the murder is funny. I don't think like you know. Obviously, I don't. Of think course we're not. not. We're not. No one here is we a murder like lover. We don't like that man. No, but so you know because Dave was also the account didn't have his name on it. It was called like something design or something. So it was like no way for Dave Holy to know shit. that it was Brian Laundry. And a lot of times. I mean, this is just a save grace for me, save face for me, is that some t- a lot of times I'm looking at the hashtag Hellboy. I'm not looking at an account. Yeah. I'm just at the account name at all. Yeah. yeah. So Dave, so post murder, like when post-murder. it was like when it was very, very clear that like this man had murdered his girlfriend and was like on the run. He was still posting on Instagram, I think, like in this attempt to like seem innocent or whatever. And he posted a Hellboy drawing and Dave fully post like national news that this man was a murderer flamed. <laughs> oh, man. That, I flamed that post, babe. <laughs> oh, and then man. that post, then that post was how many? Three or six. To, yeah. No, remember how many flames? Probably like a three or most oh, four. At most four. God. Um, oh, man. So, but that post was later deleted. And then now I think the entire account is down. But like when I found this out, I was screaming like. And I was blushing because I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. No, I mean, I, but it's like you said, you don't really like on Instagram, like my eyes kind of go crossed and then you're just like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling after a while. Yeah. And then, yeah, you kind of don't like I, I don't I, I don't I wouldn't have known. This, like, I knew vaguely of the story, like, Beth, when you're telling me, I never could have guessed what his name was. I, like, forgot what his name was. Yeah. Immediately. I'm, I, it's just bad circumstance. It's, it's bad. Va- bad circumstances to, a uh, really bad coincidence. I'm, s- that's fucking crazy, yeah. dude. That's yeah. fucking it, crazy. It was wild. So, yeah, Dave is basically oh part of an, God. part of a murder investigation. Um. Can He's, you imagine if I was pulled in? <laughs> they were like, and I would hey, have nothing listen. to offer. <laughs> you clearly have support. You're a, you're this man's only supporter. <laughs> they ask you to speak at his like funeral. Um, okay, this is too fucking, dark. I'm I'm too googling dark. his art. Ugh. How many oh, flames man. would you give his art? I mean, his oh, art is like a three flamer because it's just like a pretty much like Dave, it's just fan art. It's if fan you're art. here to say that you haven't given it more than three flames, I'm that's, probably wrong. That's but a lie. I've seen at least a five flame. Comment. I can't remember. I can't remember. Sorry, people. I can't remember all the flames I give you. This is going to be more devastating for all those people that listen and do art. Be like he doesn't really like us. It's just a system. He's like, oh my god, I got the same number of flames as Brian Laundry. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I'm keeping it all, folks. There <laughs> okay, you go. I... You can, That's insane. You Thank you for us. telling me that. Send me screenshots here. Uh, oh, can, my God. You can email us about that, folks, all you want. Dave, I'm sorry that happened because I know that obviously it was unintentional. Obviously to me, but clearly not to other random people yeah, on the internet's the internet wild. Or whatever. That's why I was like, I just have oh to my remove God, myself, dude. Because I mean, I mean, I, this is I've come across counts that I've liked, and then I'm like, I did like I look at their account, and I'm like, oh, this person is like anti Black Lives Matter. I'm gonna not follow it anymore. It happens it, every now and then. Because you're and just like, I, well, this yeah. sucks. Because 
I'm just not going to, I don't want to support you, but that, yeah. you know, you don't yeah. always know. Yeah. Typically like, yeah, I, I don't do much, too much of a deep dive with like, sometimes like sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes I guess maybe we should. <laughs> Cause God damn. Like, I guess we shouldn't. Yeah. 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 I just, you know, like I follow over th- almost 2,000 people on Instagram. I don't know. I guess I gave I it four do flames. It's a four flamer. Christ almighty. It doesn't really deserve four flames because it's pretty much just a recreation of You're uh, just Duncan a supportive Fredredo. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And you thought you were supporting a normal human and not a fucking monster. Monster. Killed his girlfriend. Yeah. And then tried to get away with it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's a horrible story, even though it did the best thing that came out of it, other than nothing good came from it, was to point out that yeah, culturally we don't pay attention to people of color when they go uh, missing. We just, it's always just white women. So chew on that. I, but all right. All right. Let's move away from, from that murder story. We're, yeah. we're about 20 minutes into this. Let's get to let's get to why we're really here. Holy shit, Dave! <laughs> I'm sorry that that doesn't ruin our first episode of season six. Oh my god! We're we gonna have a bunch of drop off now. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, if they didn't I, already, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For my lack of knowledge, I'm glad you clarified though, in case anybody was listening and like these two are assholes. They think that guy's nice or good or whatever. No. There's so many people. I Obviously you, I not. It's online too. Who knows? Somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to justify myself. It was no. It was a complete mistake. It's like a complete and utter mistake. Oh man. Okay, so here we go. Let's get into the (laughs) why we're really here. Is to celebrate the world of Hellboy and the many expansions of it. And in this episode, we're going to be covering the first two issues of King of Fear, BPRD's King of Fear, issues one and two. Uh, Before we get into into it, I want to know, what do we remember from where we left off? It's been so long since the Black Goddess, I believe, is where we left off. Yeah. Right before this. And I'm like, where are we? What The last thing I remember is just that battle at that ancient temple. They took down Minmon Saw. Minmon? Yeah. Minmon Saw. And then Johan, who was sort of like losing a little bit of control because the, the, the ghost of Lops, Lobster Johnson was manipulating and taking over his ectoplasmic form. And we were just sort yes. of left with him and the BPRD crew sort of like in a state of almost... Not, I wouldn't call it a full victory. Yes, they took down Mementa. They got the upper hand on this fight over the big monsters that showed up because of the drag or the dragons that came out. Yeah. But they were just like left in this temple in pure chaos and with a teammate gone and replaced by the ghost of Monster Johnson. Yeah. That pretty much encapsulates <laughs> it. It's like that's kind of where we left off where there's still a lot of like like the frogs are still a problem they kind of won the battle but they the war is undetermined right Right. now so and yeah they think you know they're not sure what the deal is with lobster johnson and johan yet which they talk they kind of go into in king of fear yes which i really like you know it's it's kind of like a these two issues are kind of like talky and explaining but in a way that was really satisfying to me like i still enjoyed it i think it's like 
when the dust clears, you kind of want to see like, well, how is the government handling that? Like it's, yes. yeah, I thought it was, I thought they were really interesting, cool issues. I would agree with you hundred percent. I think the whole, yeah. uh, just talking as a whole encompassing of this five issue storyline. I think the whole storyline is a little talky. I'm not saying there's an action there, but it's all, it's like they're putting to bed, but I think it's because they're putting to bed a lot of some, some strains that yes. need a little bit of like, not a perfect bow on them. They're tying they them up. Need, yeah. yeah, they need to be like, well, we can move on now because we need. We, there's bigger things coming. Coming. At least that's the feeling I got. If they didn't have this as a reader, I would be unsatisfied because there is so much going on. I think it's nice to have an a, an issue where it's like, okay, well, this is you know, like we had this big like climactic fight. But there is this fallout afterwards where we have to kind of deal with deal with the aftermath of of gargantuan, crazy, world changing events, especially yeah. like violent events like that they had to deal with. So, yeah, I, th I, th I thought they were really, really cool. And they're still building. There's still like there's still a tension because it's like the threat isn't totally gone. Like it's still kind of lurking there. Mm -hmm. And now everybody's fucking beat tired there's like casualties and they st have to continue on dealing with these threats so it, i thought i thought it was really good oh wait let me do the rundown of it too before yeah, we go, go like, for the get those credits and info in please yeah bprd king of fear written by mike mignola and john arcudi illustrated by guy davis and mike mignola uh did some pages on number four but guy davis for the most part Colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley, originally published between January and May of 2010. Do you want to talk about the cover? Yeah, let's talk about issue number one's cover, which is a cool, what we got here is, I think the biggest thing that draws my eye immediately, besides just the classic BPRD like logo being in red, is that fucking just cross that's just sort of <laughs> popping out from the, the lower bar with the credits. Yeah, it's I, just I liked that one. The, undulating the, out. <laughs> yeah, because typically they have the if they'll have the lower bar with like the credits in it on the cover. Usually they like they might have something kind of like crossing, like the sometimes they would have like the seal or something mm -hmm. uh, that like wax seal looking thing. But it's really striking because you have it crossing the plane from that bar into the image. It's like a silhouette. Well, it's like it's like a silhouette, but then it has the R.I.P. Lobster Claw on I it, love so that, that we're, touch. it's very clear whose like grave we're referring to. Yeah, and uh, has the castle in the background from Conqueror Worm, mm -hmm. like the remnants of it. Big swastika on it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then we have Lobster Johnson himself right behind the cross, right there in the very center, uh, flanked by the subterranean race that have been fighting alongside the frog creatures mm -hmm. holding like their cool, like kind of double pronged swords. And this also this double pronged electric mechanism, uh, like, you know, taser <laughs> kind of a thing. Or like a reverse taser based on yeah, like what yeah. they do to Liz. But yeah. It's and then they have, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Energy <laughs> sapping thing. And then Liz is right there in, uh, like, kind of like right behind Lobster Johnson looming. She looks very, I mean, she's very like 
one of the most serious depictions of Liz. I'm not saying she's not always been as serious. She's she, fucking grizzled now, yeah. dude. They're all, you know, they're they're all just yeah. They're, they've been through like, it. <laughs> they've been through it. They're you know everybody's like a little battle scarred and and it, it's starting to show. It's starting to like really wear on people. Um, yeah, which I, I think is important, like for the development of your characters, like. When the stories are this, the the breadth of the stories is so big and, and it's like, you know, the monsters are like destroying cities and stuff like that. I think to snap back to zero would be like a little Looney Tunes-esque or something. Like you have to have the fallout affecting them. Yes. And yeah, I think they're doing a really good job of that. 100%. I, uh, I can only agree with you. Yeah. I love, I, I just want to point out that in addition to like his coloring of being red lobster Johnson, yeah. which I love. Mm-hmm. And then Liz sort of being more like naturalistically shaded than the, the rest of the colors are sort of like that greenish hue. Yeah. But I love the yellow like a... from the cross in the lower yeah. bar is in a lobster's eyes. I think that's a cool touch. Oh yeah, totally. Kind of gives us an idea. Like we're going back to this place and hope, you know, see if we can resolve a story for, somebody or not yeah let's see if we can (laughs) yeah so uh it kind of starts off with the bprd like tom manning explaining to like government officials heads of uh, the military that they need continued military support they're like fuck you we're gonna focus our efforts in the u.s rather than worldwide you're on your own fuck off basically and As they leave the meeting, Tom is kind of like, you know what? This is just how this game is played. I'll return and talk to the chairman after a couple days and we'll get the military support that we need. Liz is like, not like, you know, she's not like going like full rogue or whatever, but it's kind of summarized by her like lighting the cigarette, even though the guard is like, hey, you can't smoke in here. And she just (laughs) doesn't give a shit. And she's like, yeah, we don't have a few days. Like, we got to get going. So uh, Liz is kind of taking up this. I, there's kind of like this vacuum with Daimyo gone and like it kind of goes between Abe and Liz. Yes. Well, Liz hasn't really filled it up to this point, I guess. She's kind of like figuring out her powers and like being like fucking possessed by Memnon or whatever, haunted by his like visions and shit that he's sending her. But like, yeah, she's kind of she's like taking up this mantle of like, okay, I have to lead because this shit's fucked up and we can't wait around for bureaucracy and shit. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think you're right on like them taking up that space because Abe came back from his like, you know, learning about his past and came in pretty harsh, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, he's kind of, co- he got a little cold and I think we see a little bit of that coldness, but like directed differently in this opening scene where he's being like, he's being pushy with the, 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 the government people, but he seems to be more willing to play ball, right? He's willing to go by Manning in the government's rules, whereas Liz is really like sort of that energy, you're 100% right, has been transferred over to Liz because Liz is just like, I feel like it's just Liz being fucking, as you put it earlier in what's in the, the opening cover, is like she's been it through, she's grizzled, she's been through it, she's been a victim. We've literally watched her be a victim. And I, I, a victim is the best word I can come up with her because she's constantly just been like a th- kidnapped and taken right. away, confused. It's like as soon as she gets control of her powers and of, of this thing that's been like kind of plaguing her for so many years, this like 
lack of control that led to the deaths of her parents and all of these other people. Now she finally has some control over that. And then she's possessed or, or like visited by these visions of, of Memnon Saw and loses that agency again. So she's like, fuck this. Let's just let's go take care of this. Yeah. And the government's trying to take more agency away. And she's just like, yeah. no, thank you. Yeah. And I love I love the last line. She lights like, up a cig and she's like, fuck you. Yeah. I love how it's like, I think it's Manning says, Liz. We'll need a massive assault force. We can't do that alone. And she's like, maybe you can't. It's like, oh, man. She has no patience anymore. (laughs) She's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's kind of like a Hellboy, like a, you know, it's like a Hellboy at his, like, rogiest would say something, something like that. And then it cuts to Austria. We have Kate Bruno Carhu. He's German, I believe. Okay. Now, now he's tagging along on what Kate. Kate's little like decided mission with Johan and Lobster Johnson, but you can take. Yeah, he's sort of joining her, so we have a chance to have her explain stuff. uh, You know, for us, the reader, (laughs) to be like, "Here's what the fuck is going on." Um, So we have this, like, you know, we have this her like date as a, and you know, he serves like two purposes. He serves for like. Kate to have a reason to explain what's happening and then to kind of get some more insight into Kate's personal life. I guess why she as a human with like no special uh, abilities or whatever is so involved in BPRD and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Um, so Which cool. is a nice little like backstory. Like, I mean, I've always liked Kate Corrigan, so it's just filling in more for, yeah. for us with her. Yeah. And then, yeah, so she's she's kind of explaining what's been going on i love this reveal of lobster johnson's ghost being in the back seat (laughs) he's like sitting there in the middle (laughs) you know and she's kind of explaining like he's inhabiting johan's ectoplasm i'm gonna try to not like exercise him but like you know get have lobster johnson move on and have my friend johan come back because uh, as she kind of discusses with him like she like kind of brings up Roger. You can see that it still hurts her that Roger is gone, that Hellboy is gone. She like doesn't want to lose another friend yeah. and fellow agent. So she's going on this mission basically to get Johan back. And so that's that's what's that's what's up with them right now. Yeah, and I think that I like I like that each like little section ends with sort of like I don't know what the, the adjective I'm looking for, but I just like the the moments that they end on. Like with this last, it was Liz with like sort of her like, we, we, we're going to go, I'm going to do it alone no matter what. And then this yeah. one I love, I love that, which is sort of in, in more character based for like Bruno and uh, Corrigan's like relationship. Because we do see like a sweet moment where he, she, he touches her face. But this ends with a really funny thing from Kate where she's like, okay, new rule, Bruno. For the rest of this trip, you can only get to, you only get to ask easy questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's so it, it's it feels like a television show to me. Like yes. the way that they're cutting. I totally agree. I think that the like, like how we talked about earlier. You know, it's a, these are talky issues, but they're the dialogue's really good. Like they're it, it feels like natural, but also they're getting a lot of information across. I think that these are just. Really well done, like, TV episodes almost. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. That's why we, yeah. we talked about before. Yeah. If they're going to do a TV show, it should be 
PPRD, it should be PPRD man. focused. That would be so sick. And it should be adaptations of this stuff. But yeah, yeah. continue because we cut to Colorado. We're Yeah, back to the BPRD headquarters in Colorado. Andrew Devin's kind of like coordinating. There's like supplies that they'll need for the BPRD overseas. As he's doing that, Panya comes up and with her. I love that she's like f- surrounded by the like creatures that she that came <laughs> with her, you know. Well, like one's just a cat, but the other one is one of the like, uh, like pelican, whatever monkey. Bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, we have like a monkey pelican, uh, kind of creature, which is a lot of fun. But she's basically like, uh, hey, what, what's going on? He's like, I'm getting supplies to Washington, and don't worry, like Liz is fine. I know you thought she wasn't gonna make it, and she was like, no, I said she wasn't gonna come back here. You know, send her my love. So it's kind of like Panya has this like sense of what's going to happen in the future. And that sounds pretty ominous. You know, it it's uh, I guess at least Liz is going to live, but she might also leave the BPRD. And, you know, these like superhuman members of BPRD are leaving, you know, dropping off like flies at this point. Yeah. So it's like, oh, no, I hope Liz doesn't fucking go back into a, a fugue state or some shit. And it, it's just like sad and it feels like something has like permanently changed for the bprd yeah and i really appreciate like i like how panya has become more and more just one of the one of the another member like yeah she doesn't have like an official status as that i can tell of yet but they just seem to just keep interacting with her normal but then in addition to that her like being more familiar we don't we always have the understanding that she is an old mummy and she has like powers do you know what i mean yeah. of like telepathy or uh what is it when you can see into the future um per uh what's that word a, like precognition yes or whatever. whatever yeah uh, yeah and it's and that's what's so weighted in this this small little scene is yeah. it her saying that you're like well we kind of have to trust Panya because she said shit before and it's come true. <laughs> right. And that's a nice way too to be like to to the reader to be like, yeah, I know she said, you know, she, she like it to to not discredit Panya, to be like, yeah. she said like Liz wasn't coming back. You could have interpreted that one way or another, but this is how she actually meant it. We also learned that Devin is allergic to cats. <laughs> I don't know if that's if that'll come up later. And then we have uh we cut back to Washington. Abe's talking to Tom and they're just kind of he's like, hey, like, is Liz going fucking nuts or whatever? And she's like, Abe's like, no, she's fucking super powerful. She's not a a little kid anymore who became our ward all these years ago. She's like totally capable. And we're going to go to this temple to figure out what's what the hell is going on. Yeah. Um, To Agartha. Yeah. They're going back to where. She was originally first taken in the, uh, yeah. back in the Hollow Earth days. Wow. And we see Liz in the background of the, like outside of Tom's office here, kind of left out of this conversation. And I like how they bring this, but, you know, after this scene that we see, uh, we we do like a flashback to Agartha mm-hmm. in 2002 when Liz is there studying to control her powers. She overhears her master, Gangan, and she hears him saying while he's like floating and meditating, (laughs) woe to them for out of that stunted tribe will come a new king of fear, hastening the arrival of the carnal house of or charnel house of time. Sounds right. Yeah. Charnel house of time. So she comes in. She's like, hey, oh, what's the king of fear? And then the subterranean 
race bursts in with their like uh yeah they're like you said like reverse taser <laughs> this thing to like yeah they're like plugging her into their big like yeah. like uh generator down <laughs> sucking her power <laughs> out you know and she's she's like subdued by that so and then it cuts back to her waiting outside of Tom's office, looking tired as shit, you know. Yeah, she gets no rest. <laughs> yeah. And then I like this, too. Like, we get that shot of her kind of looking, you know, thousand-yard stare. And then we, the first thing that we hear Abe say is, like, hey, I, I'm talk I was talking to you kind of. Like, Liz, I said we need to get moving. Tom just gave the okay for Devin to take off. And I, I convinced him or whatever. Uh, like, I like this whole exchange of Liz being like, yeah, he respects you and he doesn't respect me basically yeah i like her cutting through that it's like yeah the character development like the growth and the change that we've gotten is so clear and and vastly interesting to me like the fact yeah. that like these characters have just evolved in such ways and not all positive like these people used to be yeah. really close and now they are like because of their jobs and their situation they're in they're really strained. I feel like every relationship in the BPRD is strained. In like relatable ways too. Yeah. Like there has yeah. to be this like this. This is like where the realistic, you know, uh, we have like a pyrokinetic woman talking to a fish man right here. So you have to have a little bit of like human connection in their relationships. And I think that that's being done really well, you know, and Abe's acknowledging it too. Like uh, when she's like. You know, the rest of us, meaning like female agents at BPRD, he either gets intimidated or all patronizing, Abe says, or in your case, both. So he's like acknowledging it, mm -hmm. confirming it, which is like such just in that one small line. It's like so nice to see Abe confirming that her feeling. Yes. You know, I think that's like a. It's a nice way to characterize their relationship and Abe. He, he wouldn't, like, not believe Liz or whatever if she's having trouble. Like, clearly she's having trouble talking to Tom Manning and getting what she needs for the team out of Tom. Totally. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. So they just need to get a transatlantic flight. How tough's that going to be? Probably easier than killing a few million frogs. So that's <laughs> kind of where they're, they're at. They're like, okay, we just got to fly to Agartha and get this shit figured out. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at BPRD Field Headquarters number four. So we're back to uh, Kate and Bruno and Lobster Johnson. They're at this like BPRD headquarters that's like basically like a small cabin that has been abandoned, Kate says, because they've had cutbacks and so nobody could man this one. There's like no food here. And Kate earlier in the car mentions like it's kind of hard to talk to Lobster Johnson because he's a ghost and like sometimes he's having conversations that aren't that we aren't having almost yeah. like he's somewhere else in his head so you know her and bruno split a granola bar and she turns to lobster johnson how about you you ready uh, we've got quite a hike ahead of us and lobster johnson just like stoic face this whole time you know this like very neutral body language and stuff in this big speech bubble with the little speech you know i love that shit i love to give it, it like yeah. wait yeah like even though what they're saying is like quiet they're saying it with like all this gravity mm -hmm. one last trip justice where is the justice? So it's like, okay, let's get going. Cut to the them already on the hike. I'm um, just kind of navigating. And Bruno's kind of like, okay, the uh, um, Hunt Castle's up here. And they're going to take this like kind of roundabout way so they can get to where Lobster Johnson was buried by Hellboy and Johan. 
Not Johan. Um, um, I mean, yeah, not Johan Roger. Thank you. And which I love that we get this little like as she's informing Bruno of like they that Roger and Hellboy buried the lobster. Yeah. His body, um, we get this cool Guy Davis flash to the that last moment. Yeah, very yeah. bleak looking with the with the um this kind of like the cross, this like, you know, it's just like a crudely done thing that they did out in the field. Mm-hmm. Just two little sticks tied together in the foreground with Hellboy and Roger looking on. And then Bruno, as she's telling the story, she's like, Who's Roger? Rod and she like Kate kind of shuts down a little bit. She's like, he was, uh, you know, he was a friend and starts like admitting like this place is getting to me. Uh, last time I saw Hellboy was here and I like encouraged him to leave the BPRD like, you know, uh, and she's kind of like kicking herself about it. Yeah. To which Bruno is like being supportive. He's like, you know, so what? That sounds like he had every reason to leave. And you can't really contain this guy and you guys are dealing with a lot of shit, but he's like literally this like linchpin of the apocalypse or whatever. So it's like mm-hmm. he's got the he's got the world to deal with. And Kate's just worried, basically just worried about her friend. She's like, he's not that he's not like a god. He's just a guy. And what if he's not as strong as I thought or as strong as he thinks? And then Lobster Johnson comes up and says, I hear the wind and then walks off. <laughs> what a funny way to the... break the tension. Yeah. Just a weird non-statement. <laughs> yeah. Just him being like, uh, yeah, just really cryptic. But it's it, it it I mean, I think it's intentional where it's like almost a little funny, but it's 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 like spooky. It's like still spooky, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah, I agree. Like the the humor comes from the fact that like it like like you stated already that like he's having a conversation that we're not all privy to. We're yeah. not on the other end. Yeah. And even if it is maybe like I hear the wind might be do have something to do with getting to the location of his grave. It's still like what? <laughs> yeah. And he's saying it so quietly and heavily. You're like <laughs> it even outdoes. It's like. I don't know. It just it's a perfect way to cut through the noise of like this very sentimental moment that's happening for Kate Corrigan. Good, 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 corny or like eh, who care? Like overly sentimental. And just to have him to cut through that noise with his weirdness is just well done. It's yeah, it's, it's a nice like balance of tone, like tone for the scene, you know? Yeah. Like and how you know how else do you interrupt her having like this deep like the like she's having like this deep conversation. And you have to abruptly end this scene. So I think it works really well for him to come in and say it's not like a non sequitur, but it's like a it's like a cryptic statement to like, yeah, kind of shake them out of their conversation and keep them going. Yeah. And reminding Um, Kate, like, why they're there. This mission. Yeah. This mission for Johan. It's great. They did such a good job writing this issue. I agree. Yeah. And then we get to what's left of Lobster Johnson's grave. This the like cross is sort of leaning over, you know, kind of similar to how we saw on the cover. Mm-hmm. She asks, uh, like, uh, Br- Bruno gets out Johan's suit and like lays it out. They're hoping that, I guess, that Lobster Johnson will feel like he's ready to move on and Johan will inhabit the suit. Kate asks Lobster Johnson how he feels. It's, it's sad, and she kind of agrees. She's like, yeah, it's not like a good resting place for a hero. Bruno fixes it up and uh, like fixes up the cross that was on top of the body. But then when they both look up, Lobster Johnson's gone and Johan's suit is still empty. And Kate kind of like 
panics a little bit where, you know, like Bruno's like, maybe they both moved on. She's like, no, don't say that. He must still be around here somewhere. He says, where? It's like this big uh, barren valley that they're in. And then the only place left is Hunt Castle. Yeah. So I almost yeah. feel like they didn't like put this effect in the issue, but those yeah. la- those three shots make it seem like that where is echoes in this giant space. Totally. <laughs> yeah, they draw them so small at the in this huge panel, which is really great. The yeah, I think you know the art has been complementing the the writing so much in these issues like the yeah it's just like you know we've said it before like it's a very cinematic thing totally. that they're able to achieve oh and that's the end of the first issue too that's the end of the first issue <laughs> so it's kind of like oh shit we're going to this fucking castle again like there's nothing good happens here like fuck feels like nothing else good is ever gonna come of it <laughs> yeah and we're also worried like about johan and stuff like that like oh no did we just have this like you know johan just kind of vanish that would suck that i would mean suck. i don't you don't really think that but I think that's right. But you you are left a little bit. You're, totally. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> you're yeah. You're like, what, what, this, what this vigilante from the fucking 40s? <laughs> How did he help us at all with He's this? He's meddling in here. <laughs> I guess he killed, you know, Memnon Saw's gone. Or is he? Or anyway. is he? Um, do you have any favorite, like, moments or panels from this first issue? Do you want to point I out? I guess. Or I mean, I, I really like the reveal of Lobster Johnson in the back seat, his ghost <laughs> in the back seat. And yeah, I think that exchange between Liz and Abe was really great for me, where she's like, where they're like getting down to business and also like Abe acknowledging that Tom doesn't give her as much sway or whatever as he does to Abe. So yeah, I like those. I like those ones. Yeah. How about you? I really like the rare chance that we get to see Guy Davis do a Hellboy. So I yeah. really like the panels where he and Kate are having the conversation, part of the conversation that we've already seen seen and yeah. before from Conqueror Worm. And I'm wondering, like, I, I'm I, I don't know what because I feel like Lobster is so like cryptic until like almost that question. It's like his, there's like his, even his like responses that are cryptic still don't, I'm like, is he responding to them? Like right. when she says, we've got quite a hike ahead of us. He's like one last trip. You're like, is he speaking to it? But then he's just like, justice, where's the justice? And then, you know, the wind seems a little off, but then, but the wind of like, is it directly with her memory? Cause it's like Hellboy's like, you know, in their conversation, like wherever the wind blows, I particularly like that panel because i like guy davis's yeah. hellboy right there i don't know that again guy da- i always have a hard time picking like it's more so like like I, it's hard i'm putting that one out of course because i just like seeing his hellboy but yeah. like guy davis and arcudi work so well mignola of mm-hmm. course is is co-writing but like i think you said it already but like they complement each other in such a way that they seem invisible Right, like the writing right. and the art go well with each complement and they build together. That they're, it's, it's hard so to pull like one They're out. so beyond like finding their stride. They're just like so fucking good at it yeah. at this point. And there's never a moment where I'm like, well, that piece of art was just there for the art or that dialogue. You know what I mean? It's like the right. art is so. Yeah, no, none of it is wasted. None of it is just like, like it's it all looks good and it also serves a purpose. So it's just like, great, great. Yeah. And I don't know for the story, I should say, like serves a purpose for moving the story along. Yeah. And it is aesthetically nice. And these dialogue could be so boring and dull, 
but I don't know. We're getting we're dropping into conversations. We're getting out quick. Arcudi mm-hmm. is just moving it along. Where even though you're not in these big action moments or moments of like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? You're more. It's the curiosity is really coming from the change in all of our characters and yeah. their response to the events that we've read thus far. You know what I mean? Yeah. And their willingness to be patient and put the brakes on makes me double down on committing and wanting to know more because they decided to, to pump the brakes at this moment. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that wasn't as articulate as I wanted it to come out. No, no, I totally agree. <laughs> it's fucking cool. Yeah. So, and then we got chapter two. All right, let's look at this cover. Yeah, cover's cool. We got another like very haunted looking Liz. <laughs> yes. Um, in this like panel that really jumps out against the background, she's kind of like in a in her own panel that's kind of floating in front of the dead monks from Agartha and uh, the mon- like monastery temple is behind them. We see their like. I guess that what's left of these kind of like scraps of fabric, what's left of their clothes blowing, but it also is reminiscent of fire for sure. It's like red colored. And then the leader of the subterranean people like looms behind all of that, like larger than life kind of huge head of his looking. So yeah, king of fear too, like really big right next to him. So you're like, okay, is that him? Is that him? I don't uh, know. But it could be. Uh, I love this picture of Liz too. She's like, and she looks very skeletal. Yeah. Next to the like sort of like dehydrated body, like these bodies of the of the monks that are right behind her. She looks like she's among them almost. You know. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, and I don't know if this was intentional of Mignolo when he did this cover. But, like, I think it's interesting he puts Liz in a box because I feel like, and I think King of Fear will solidify the question of, like, we've constantly seen her constantly try to be normal or normal with a lack of a better term. Like, feel like just one of the team. Feel not like a threat. She's, like, in control to some degree, too, yeah. She seems to constantly be pulled away from everything and, yeah. and left to her own devices or having to like sort of fight her battles alone. And I feel like that yeah. box really. She's like isolated. Isolates her and yeah. does that for her. Cause I think that's how she is. Yeah. And I think the story sort of going forward answers the question is if, is that a permanent thing or is that, you know what I mean? Right. Is she just like doomed to be like that for her whole existence? <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll read yeah. the story and see what it says about that. Yeah. We have like this little, at least on the li- like library edition that I'm reading, this like insert shot of uh, Johan's suit's hand. So you don't know if it's inhabited by what or who. But yeah, it opens on Agartha. We see a close up shot of these decaying monks. And Liz is like, Jesus, you left them all dead. Like the <laughs> at, when they came up here, there was that battle. You know, Abe explains, like, we didn't have time to bury them. Like, we were trying to find you and rescue you. And all the shit went down in Hollow Earth. And we haven't really been back since to, you know, to, like, the fucking frozen mountains of Tibet to, like, sorry, (laughs) figure shit out. Yeah. And, you know, Devin's kind of, like, trying to get the show on the road. He's like, okay, well, we got to, like, do, you know, we got to do this or that. Abe's like, not now. And I I like this, too. Liz, like, acknowledging what Devin's saying, that, like, one of the little, like, um, subterranean guys is there. Yeah. Like, or his body. 
And Liz says, what's wrong, Abe? Think I'll flip out when I see the little bastard. So like, (laughs) you know, like Abe's still kind of treating like in the same, not in the same way as Tom, but like he's still being cautious and like trying to treat her with these kid gloves. Like, and she's like, "Mm, she's trying at least trying to convey that she's more in control now than she was. Totally. She's not just going to see that and get emotional and like burn everybody to death or whatever. Yeah. Or at least try to say like, trust me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've done enough to this point. Why doesn't anybody trust me? And I think yeah. that plays into her feeling isolated. Yeah. And she, I mean, she's also kind of like acting out too. So it's like mm-hmm. maybe, you know, like you're not like totally gaining everyone's trust with your like behavior right now. But yeah. Uh, yeah. She kind of just like talks to the little corpse of the subterranean uh, dude. Being like, fuck you. I'm going to send all your little friends after you. There's a big <laughs> hole in the ground where they're going to go. Uh, where the BPRD is going to go down and explore and try to like, you know, try to just find out what's going on here. And Liz is like, OK, great. I'm just going to stay here for one second. The Agarthans don't bury their dead. They cremate them. And so she burns the she burns what she burns the bodies. But when we cut back to the scene later on, we'll see she's burning a lot. Okay? Yeah, she's she's in control and she's using it to to a right. massive degree, which is yeah. a, I love these last panels before we cut away with her hand in flame, her eyes glowing and then just yeah. corpses just engulfed. <laughs> yeah, engulfed in flame. But then it cuts to Hunt Castle back in Austria. Random Ghosts just some ghosts ice. coming out. So just so we know, I think this place is still haunted as shit. I like, guess so. Yeah, like from uh, all kinds of different uh, hor- horrible occurrences here at Hunt Castle. <laughs> all kinds of ghosts from all sorts of time periods and stuff. These are very like, these look like knights. So yeah, they just kind of appear for a second. But uh, the way that like Kate and Bruno don't acknowledge them, I just assume it's like, OK, we're just seeing as readers that Hunt Castle is still very much bumping with ghosts. Yeah. So Bruno carried the suit all the way up. Kate's like, you didn't have to do that, you know. Uh, and then he sees the re- uh, the remains of a giant, like the skeletal remains of one of the Nazi guerrilla experiments <laughs> with like, <Yeah. laughs> like big ass fucking gloves and like nodules screwed into the skull and all the bones and stuff like that god what happened here which time which time it's kind of freaky let's just skip it you know she's <laughs> like there's a lot of shit that went down in hunt castle like i can't a lot tell of history <laughs> but uh, okay so like lobster johnson came here to fight nazis and that was the last time you know that was it then this guy was here fighting and a nazi space capsule came back and the lobster as a ghost helped to fight it. And, you know, uh, so she's kind of like filling Bruno in a little bit. And also us. Yeah. Reminding us of these stories we've previously read. Yeah. And then um, he drops his pack that has Johan's suit in it. And it like rustles up this dust, like this big like of dust appears. And we see American soldiers, like World War II soldiers uh, are here, uh, like just present. Their ghosts are here and then it kind of dissipates. Yeah. What, um, what's interesting is that none of the ghosts are acknowledged by our characters. So we're just sort of they're there. It's just giving yeah. a, a thing of like what you said earlier is like this place is full of this history. It's full of like ghosts. It's full of hauntings, things that aren't re- have not gotten to rest. Yes. But they're not like yeah. they're not like attacking or like present with these with Bruno or Corrigan. It's just they're there yeah. though. You could probably feel it in the air at most, you know? Yeah. 
like an eerie feeling. Kate's saying like, I don't want to be here. Important things died in this place. You know, Hellboy's faith in the BPRD, our friendship, I think, his humanity, maybe. Ooh, that's a that's a fucking heavy statement about Hellboy. Yeah, yeah. Bruno's like, I was talking about people died here, but yeah. <laughs> so they're like starting to set up Johan's ghost to see if they could figure something out. As they're moving stuff around, more and more dusk is, dust is being disturbed and starts to kind of like fill the room and gets into Bruno's lungs for a second. And we see like the Nazis fighting the American soldiers and like skeletons are in the in the tussle and it, like <laughs> yeah. this like ghostly vision in the dust. And Kate's like sort of like comforting Bruno, like, OK, just take a second, you know, and she's like, I fucking never should have brought you with me here. basically. <laughs> yeah, she's just like worried about him. She's like already lost so many people. It's like I'm sure she just feels like I should have just you, you shouldn't have come here. This is too fucking weird. Yeah. And I think there's like unspoken guilt from a lot of our main characters. Yeah. For like like uh, what she sort of said in the last issue of like encouraging Hellboy to leave. If she thinks that and then now she's dropped a statement of him losing humanity. Does she yeah. does she not like think that if I think it's a little bit of that thing of like maybe I shouldn't have said what I said or and maybe I should have tried to keep him around because I could have if we did if he did lose his humanity or has gone away from being who I thought he was, maybe it's my fault. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think they're just, I mean, I can't, I mean, I'm just trying to take into everything that we've seen these characters go through. It's like, they got so, and then now she's bringing somebody that they have like a, the beginnings of a good relate, like a brother, an actual romantic relationship. And she's brought him right into the depths of her her grief and and guilt and, Sorry. Usually it's like meeting people's parents is the most awkward thing. This time she's like, okay, here's where my f- ghost friend got helped by another ghost. You know, it's kind of like a lot to deal with. Yeah. So, and now you might die from this dust. Of <laughs> from old... the dust of ghosts. <laughs> like, I should, you know, this is a bad second date or whatever. <laughs> but then it, it cuts back to Agartha. We see the, from the outside, the BPRD copter that's like waiting in the snow and then in the background, Kate's or uh, Liz's cremation of the monks has turned into a full blown fucking like <laughs> five alarm fire here. Like the entire temple is engulfed in flame. Yeah, the temple ain't um, coming back. <laughs> yeah, and they're and that's what Liz is explaining to them down there. She's like, "Yeah, we're not going back there." Okay, uh, last time we came down here, we popped up in Scotland. We're we're just not going back. Um she's got like a flame ahead of her that she's following and some of the agents are like, "Hey, this is like interfering." Or I guess Devin's like, "Hey, this is interfering with our thermographic imaging devices." Like, you know, and she's like, "Well, fucking fine. I'll go ahead." And like she leaves to kind of press on forward like she's like, we're, "You're not moving fast enough anyway. Fuck off." Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm here to help, but then you're also saying that my what my bring to the table is a nuisance. Fuck you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So she like charges off, you know, and Devin's like, isn't she like our main weapon? Uh, Is this safe? Abe's like, yeah, this job's not safe, dude. And Abe kind of like, yeah, this sort of back and forth where it's like, yeah, she wouldn't go so far unless she was stupid. She's like, yeah, I heard that. And he's like, I know, come back. So you don't, you don't want to look stupid, do you? And then she's gone. Like they can't get her on the radio or see her with the thermodynamic goggles. And then Abe's calling for her, Liz, Liz, and can't hear her. We see that Liz sees body hunched over like a, a cart, like a hospital. Uh, or I'm thinking it's a stroller. A stroller. You're so right, dude. I think it's oh a stroller God. and there's a 
there's this weird demented teddy bear animal. Yeah, just like an old, old kind of decaying teddy bear. I mean, without um, us really going to a back a, a full on back flashback to her history or ever yet to see her full. It, it I can only equate that like this is somebody, if not her own mother. Yeah, from her who past, died, died her. by her being at the time when she either discovered her abilities or they were at yeah. a point where they went out of control. So she sees that, and she then she sees like light emanating. Her eyes seeing it. Or, yeah, or, and then she uh, she kind of approaches it, but then she sees light from a tunnel in this cavern. She enters it, and then like a bright light, as though like sunlight was there. She sees the like a ruined city with tons of like skeletal remains. And then we hear this motherfucker. You see, Elizabeth, what did I tell you? It looks like Memnon Sodomy a little bit. It, he's kind of he's kind of in like shadow. Yeah. Well, not shadow, but like he's kind of like he's like a spectral figure almost. You don't really see a ton of detail. So you can't really tell. But who else has gotten in Liz's head? Right. Exactly. In this way with like these big flowing robes and stuff like that. And Liz's eyes are like wide open. She sees like the destruction that's been wrought. You know, you know. Yeah, and we're just seeing these giant, either the children of Andrew Jihad or them as well, or just them. I don't, just these giant. They're like crab-like creatures that we've been seeing, but like way big. Yes. The children. That's why I assume they're probably like just the children of the Andrew. Yeah, some kind of little seeds of that thing the ogdru hem ogdru hem yeah there's 369 ogdru hem so i'm i'm very curious to like seeing this devastation are they of those ogdru hem are these the actual like odd like of the seven you know what i mean full on. yeah but like we just don't know but it still looks so ominous and yeah that white figure a little a little evil obi-wan kenobi behind her yeah <laughs> what did i tell you it's like oh, i thought you were fucking dead <laughs> Then back at Hunt Castle, we see Lobster Johnson, like, climbing the side, you know, kind of scaling the side of the castle ruins by himself. So he is, he's getting there. Yeah, he's doing his thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kate, uh, Kate and Bruno are sitting there looking at Johan's deflated suit. Kate's like, why are you here? Bruno's, you know, they kind of have this discussion of, like... Kate's like, what are you doing here? It's too fucking weird. Like, you've gone through all this trouble for me. Like, why aren't you scared? He's like, yeah, we met fighting giant monsters, you know, and like, who's Roger? Is he an old boyfriend? You keep talking about him. She's like, no, see, normal people have ex-boyfriends. I have like, I'm not normal, basically. She's kind of like getting really defensive, pushing him away a little bit to be like, she's not used to this like level of intimacy or when she feels like she starts to have that. As we've seen in her flashback, she thinks about losing Hellboy Losing Roger. Anytime somebody gets close to her, it feels like they leave or get killed. <laughs> so she's starting, she's like doing a little like, before this happens, let me push you away kind of shit. <laughs> then it cuts to Lobster Johnson walking through the castle, seeing the ghostly, like this kind of like the, the fight that we saw in the dust earlier between Nazis and American soldiers. He sees this fight happening like up in the like rafters or in these like archways of yeah. the castle. Like it's in like this it's embedded into the building itself for all time. Yeah. And he says, There, there it is. He pulls out his gun. Then it cuts back to Bruno and Kate. And yeah, he's like, 
he's like, Bruno's kind of like, listen, th- we met under fucked up circumstances, basically. <laughs> like, w- w- what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> like, the whole world is weird right now. You're not alone in in this. You don't have to be alone in this, basically. And then she explains to him, like, okay, you think I'm not that weird? Well, my friend Roger was a homunculus made out of uh, shit and spices. <laughs> and the last friend I made turned into a jaguar and ate somebody. So that's pretty fucked up. And he's like, okay, well, you're pushing me away. Maybe you think, maybe you think you're that weird, or maybe you just don't want to be in a relationship with me, or whatever. Kate's kind of like, that's like, doesn't matter, you know? She's like, regardless, something bad's gonna happen, you know? I can't control the world. He's like, what makes you think you have to? And then Johan, meanwhile, <laughs> like this whole time during their argument, while they're like engaged with each other, Johan's suit is filling. Johan wakes up and he's like, you do worry too much, Catherine. <laughs> And she's like, Johan, yay! And he's covered in dust. He gets, like, dusted off. It's like a nice reunion moment. Yeah, so that's nice. Like, Johan's back. That's good. Um, And he explains, like, uh, she's like, hey, we're, we're not, you know, the last place where I saw you. And he's like, yeah, I know. I've been, like, trapped in the fucking passenger seat of Lobster <laughs> Johnson this whole time. It was fucking horrible, but at least we're we're." Do- we're I'm done with that. And Kate goes like, okay, so we su- we've we succeeded. I mean, you're saying his spirit's at rest now, right? He's at peace here. And th- we see Johan like look up and see Lobster Johnson, I guess just eternally will be punching Nazis Nazis <laughs> for as, you know, for the rest of his existence as a ghost. And so he's not at peace, you know, quote at peace. He's he's happy is what he says. <laughs> so that's it. That's like, you know, I guess like a rap on Lobster Johnson for this one. But it's nice. It's great. I was like, oh, that's. Good. We have Johan back and Lobster Johnson's like kind of restless soul is that it is has now found its place and everything. Yeah. And Kate doesn't have to lose somebody else. And you, it's it was awesome. Yeah. I was like, this is great. Yeah. It's interesting. This it's like it really it caps off like two things for us and then the story will continue in the next issues. So it's very it's interesting. They decided to like and I guess it's smart because they need to move on and we'll find out why there's, they got to make room for other things coming down the line Yeah, and the expansion of the BPRD story as a whole. But it's like, they're like, yeah, let's resolve lobster Johnson in two issues. <laughs> and they do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about favorite moments because I think my absolutely, yeah. as much as I say, it's hard for guy Davis and Arcudi to like pull out moments. Um, my favorite panel of this issue is truly when Kate hugs Johan. I think that panel yeah. is so delightful. It just feels nice. <laughs> it's like, oh, because the, the whole first two issues, she's like, you know, she's got a lot of shit going on. She's lost a lot of people. And the fact that Johan comes back is huge, like a huge emotional moment for both of these characters, I think. So that was nice. Yeah. And I really like the whole visualization of like leading up to that moment because they're having like, I mean, you could argue like they're having their first with a lack of a better way to put it, Bruno and Kate are having their first couple's argument. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is the best way to, like, label it. Is They're just, like, <laughs> let, you know, clearly they're, uh, she's feeling, like, antagonized and shit. He's like, listen, I'm being basically as supportive a boyfriend as you could be right now. So what's going on? Do you just not like me? Like, they're having, like, their first, like, feelings talk. Yes, you know what that's I mean? a great way to put it. Their first yeah. feelings talk. And I love that because then it builds through that, through their whole argument. Like, the cinematic touch that you've called out with these books is you feel that. Like, they're having this argument, and as it heats up, 
he starts to inflate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just fun that like it it builds to like a moment that you think would like end with like an argument is there's joy at the end of it. It's they yeah. get through their first. Like I I I truly believe that like Bruno and Kate's relationship will continue after this because they're communicating more. Like the yes. the bad relationship would have not talked about it. They talk yeah. about it, and then at the same time that like. The climax of that is, okay, we talked about it. You know what I mean? And Johan's back. <laughs> yeah. And when she's not paying attention, when she's not like, you know, in complete control. Or like trying this to whole control, thing of yeah. like her being in control is like such she feels so out of control. So she's like trying to have some semblance of control. And of course, like this problem gets resolved while she's not even fucking looking, you know. This watch pot never boils like Johan yes. never in re-inhabits his suit <laughs> that's a great i love that it was great 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 couple issues i really liked it i'm looking forward to the next one yeah it's really good and i like where we're going with liz even though we keep coming back to this thing where she sort of is in is stuck in a circle of sense like she's almost running away from the same thing since hollow earth it doesn't yeah. feel old it just feels like progressingly like something that and i think we'll get more into that of course in the next issues but it's just like like you said, there is like an like an anger. You're like, I thought this guy was dead. <laughs> like, yes. But it's part of I think whatever her journey is is like you can't get away from this. And I think we'll, I don't know if we'll find out at the end of King of Fear per se. Yeah, but we'll definitely like. There's a. Re I'm like, why can't she get away from it? It's something. Yeah. And maybe there's more. Maybe there is more to her relationship or her like parallel storyline with Hellboy, which will start to sort of there'll be more light shed on her connection to Hellboy and his yeah. destiny than we thought, I think. Yeah. I guess is the best way to what I think is going on. I'm, I'm going to be honest right off the bat. I'm glad that uh, Lobstron is happy. I'm so glad he's sort of been put to bed for the moment. Cause sure. Cause yeah. he's not my absolute favorite. He, like I know the I fans like him love him. I like him in this form better than <laughs> most other versions. You for know, sure. like, I, I but I do like that he gets to you know he gets to go into a, Lobster Johnson went to a big field where he can run and play with all the other Nazis uh, or all the other soldiers yeah. fighting Nazis or whatever. Yeah. So it's like okay, great. Yeah, I think that's funny. I I don't like hate that character. I think he's totally fun and cool. But it's like yeah, we gotta address these other characters who are like you know our main our mains yeah it's it's not mm -hmm. so much i hate like need to hate on him i just wish yeah. i'm like glad that now there's more room for the others yes yeah totally because but i like his cryptic little like backseat stuff in this yes. one it was, was really fun i agree it's very funny it's a good like you said tonal balance for the heaviness yeah. that we're surrounded by and i like i mean i think they're just smart they're like yeah we need him to get us to a certain point but uh -huh. when he's out, he, like they used him and utilized him and got him in and out very well. Well, and I think I think you're right. Like that's the depth that Lobster Johnson is. There's not like like Kate Cordy and then I think these characters have great depth. Unfortunately, totally. I think Lobster Johnson's a guy that's like possibly a little bit of a sociopath. He was on the right. He's on the right side of history. Yeah, he's like <laughs> just Mister Punchy Punch. You know, he's like a not like not like Wolverine or something. You know, he's like Johnny Punchy. Yeah, exactly. And so and I that's think it's, okay. Yeah, that's, that's a cool, good thing to have and a fun element of comics. But it's like I there's this other shit going down that is more emotionally 
interesting and and stuff like that at this point. Yeah, and it makes me appreciate like Arcudi as a writer in Mignola to be like, we'll acknowledge that he is sort of one note, and therefore that's why when we, he gets to go like. It ends with his his way to like sort of be his at spirit peace being at rest is, is punching that. eternally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's forever punching. It says a so. lot for our writers, and I think that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very excited too to see what comes next in the King of Fear. It's a fun yeah cliffhangers, and especially Liz. I'm like, where are we going with that? I already yeah mentioned a little bit, but I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Any other final thoughts before we close out? Yeah, that's it. I'm just scared. You know, I'm scared for Liz. I hope she. <laughs> I just know like this probably won't be the you know it just feels like she's just doomed or something and I yeah I hope at some point she gets to like contribute in a way that's like not you know that's helpful and not as destructive as all the shit she's had to like go through so far yeah she just feels like a character that's full of trauma and you're like when you just want her to be able to process it and move on I but know. she's not given Easier a chance said than done. yeah, yeah. man it's sad this like very sad character i know (laughs) i really think about it i agree hey listeners i just want to remind you that you can follow us on instagram at ah crap a hellboy podcast and just to remind you as well as to please subscribe rate and review on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you're listening please subscribe rate us and then if they give you the ability to review us do so that brings more listeners to the show it makes them aware of it yeah and Right now, the only place we know that you could do written reviews that we're aware of is Apple Podcasts. Um, if, you, if you are aware of other places, please let us know that allow you to give us a review because we want you to give us a boom review. And if yeah. you give us a boom review, we'll read your boom review right here on the show and praise you and give you all the love. What a boom review is, is, is it's a five star or all the stars. So if you're platform allows 20 stars give us all those 20 stars but on apple podcast give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom b-o-o-m and we'll review we will read your review right here on the show so please go out of your way and give us a boom review and thank you um but before we get out of here i want to just do a little suggestion segment do you have anything you'd like to suggest to read watch or enjoy kate possibly based on what we um, just read or if there's anything that you're just currently reading that you think others should pick up. You know, I started reading this book, Slewfoot. It's like a kind of a witch story by uh, Gerald Brom, <laughs> who's like a fucking kick-ass artist. Like, even if you don't read this book, just look up Gerald Brom, B-R-O-M. Uh, his art is really cool. And it made me, he like wrote this novel and I didn't haven't read like any of his shit like i don't even i was like i don't even know if he's a good writer i'm gonna buy this because the art is really sick so it's just like a few illustrations in this novel that he wrote but it's all really good and so far the writing's good too oh that's great so yeah i'm reading that it's like a witchy kind of like you know salem-y kind of shit if you can't get enough of that stuff go ahead and and pick that up i dig it that's a great suggestion what was the name one more time Slewfoot, S-L-E-W-F-O-O-T, A Tale of Bewitchery. Awesome. Yeah. I have two suggestions. To One is to read. Um, if I have mentioned this one before, possibly, but it might be wrapping up. I'm not sure because the last issue I read of this comic book felt like we were like one or two away from like the storyline finishing up, but I don't know. Yeah. But Jonathan Hickman's Decorum um, is a great read. It's pretty much about... Female, I guess, 
like assassins a world that, but then it's also in the sci-fi world with like a, a singularity church it's 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 hard for me to to describe because Jonathan yeah. Hickman is Jonathan Hickman is one of my favorite sci-fi writers particularly in comics that I love the art is definitely worth looking at because it's non-traditional the way that they sort of tackle and they play with the page his name is yeah. Mike Huddleston and I think him and Jonathan Hickman just make a great team it looks like in March 23rd um, this year, they're coming out with a hardcover. So the last issue that came out was in November is a very thick issue. But I, if you haven't, find this digitally or whatnot or check out definitely the hardcover. I just think it's a great Jonathan Hickman sci-fi story and the characters rule. Nice. So that's great. And then my next one is a very basic, very, I say basic for me because while I work sometimes for white noise, what I do is I just rewatch the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that's just what I do. And I li- lately have been watching um, the commentaries while I work, like sort nice. of when I'm doing like data entry stuff at yeah. my job. As we read, this is specifically to what we were reading and th- some of the thoughts that you threw out about King of Fear in these first two issues, Kate, reminding me of why I like the MCU, specifically when we got to Civil War in the MCU, is yeah. that... I think what's going on great here in this BPRD is that they're unlike other comics that sort of like can do a thing where they retcon, which Marvel comics is known for in yeah. probably DC. We kind of, we continually like retcon, right? Like we go, well, I want to play, I want to play it this way. So we retcon it and we like, or we straight up reboot and restart. You know what I mean? Right. What I love about the MCU is they never do that. They sort of have to just deal and why you get movies like civil war, which I love, which is my suggestion for you guys to revisit the, the MCU and Civil War is like that is all because of the events you get to that and they're dealing with the repercussions of every movie like they literally deal with the fact that like oh we just have like three movies in a row where shit like there's just massive destruction in the world and they have right. to deal with it and I think that fully is why King of Fear is working so well which you already pointed out is that they're dealing with the repercussions of the storylines that have come before not only yeah. not only like the the characters but the world is as well and I think I'm loving that about the BPRD and why I think I love Hellboy's world in general is because there's no retcon. It's just they continually just pushing the story forward and dealing with what came before and yeah, real growth. So that's my plug for the MCU, like my basic little bitch self. <laughs> no, I think it's great. You know, there, I, there, there's a reason why they're just loved by so many people. Like, I think that there is like cool storytelling in in those movies so yeah i think that's great cool and i love commentaries dude me too i love them as well yeah they're fun so good awesome thank you all for listening we really appreciate it thank you for coming here week to week um this is definitely kicking off season six so we got more ahead of you but for next episode we just want to let you know that we'll be doing bprd king of fear part two which is going to be covering issues three and four yeah um and just reminder this will be the last time in our BPRD series where we cover the issues like this um, after this storyline of King of Fear we'll start covering full storylines probably in one to two issues but we'll see you next week for King of Fear part two issues three and four thank you again for listening and And remember remember (laughs) (laughs) and remember I love you it's we we love love you you. (laughs) oh my god Wow, we gotta gotta really dust that off. Yeah, you can't leave me out of it. (laughs) Okay, wait. And remember, we love you. There we go. That's the one. Perfect.
Hey, Oscar, Rachel, do you like Disney movies? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen all of them? Yeah, we saw all the Disney animated movies. And we saw all the Pixar animated movies, too. How about the DCOMs? What? The Disney Channel original movies. You should listen to our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault, because we are watching all of them in chronological order. Yeah, and we do fun segments, like we cast each other. That's right, and my favorite segment, Zaddy Watch, where we rank every single DCOM daddy. Ooh, you can listen to all this fun stuff on our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, let's get back in the vault. It's cold out here. Campfire. <laughs> 